I'm all for empathy as no, far as things empathy. like that are concerned. But like there is, like you said, there is a line and it needs to be identified. And I think the identifier with that is common sense. People don't have common sense. They need fucking white and black and then they bitch about it. But life is the gray. Put that on a fucking t-shirt. Fashion Shock t-shirt coming soon. Life is in the gray. I actually really fucking like that. But it's a gray shirt and the text is gray. So like... <laughs> Just outlined in white or black. Slightly darker gray. I actually really like that now. You heard it here first. Fetch and Shock merch coming 2020. Sp- summer 2020. We're bringing the heat. I'm down. <laughs> I would for sure fucking wear those. Life is in the gray. Gray needs to be spelled slightly wrong. The wrong G-R- form of gray. G-R-A-Y. Yes. <laughs> just for the fuck of it. Okay, just for extra tilt. <laughs> yep. It's like those shirts that uh, are like the colorblind tests. But what in the colors center, this dressed? Just says like, this dress? fuck colorblind people. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, but Magic the Gathering. I'm in. Except for I like colorblind people and I hate Magic players. Yeah, colorblind people just got fucked. Got the short end of the stick. Yeah, the, yeah colorblind people were of... fucked from birth and Magic players are fucked from... What is up, you nincompoops? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, Defaulted Student Loans. Tyler, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, uh, Crippling Credit Card Debt, Matt. Matt, what is going on, my man? How very fucking fitting. Listen, I gotta have some kind of tie-in, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Even though that's not something we're talking about until, like, way later. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I gotta have some kind of tie-in. But yeah, dude, how are, how are you? How was your week? It's good. Uh, busy. I'm working. Hey, working there ain't a lot, so. No, not at all. Busy keeps you off Twitter, and that's where all the bad things are. I know. I didn't even see it until you had said something. Oh, I'm see, I'm so glad that I have nothing to do with my life, so I can just waste Ruin countless hours on bit. the Twitter. Oh, I love it. I'm gonna start Ruin. doing TikTok. TikTok is what people are into nowadays. I'm just gonna I'm gonna get a TikTok. I'm after we are done recording. I'm getting a TikTok, and I'm just gonna scour the the, the dark corners of TikTok for hours and hours. He's gonna be the Logan Paul of TikTok. Yes. Internet fame, boy. Isn't Logan Paul just the Logan Paul of TikTok? I'm sure he's, like, doing that right now. No, isn't he boxer now? He's a boxer slash vlogger. I wish I was a vlogger. Oh, this is me sitting playing Magic Online (laughs) and just, like, camera behind me. Just, like, misclicking for 30 hours. And just, fuck! Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and then this is me crawling back into bed after not eating uh, and pissing my pants all day. Because, you know, vlog life. Hashtag vlog life. Do it for the vine. I'm bringing it back. Doing it for the vine. Vine died like... Died, vine died uh, for TikTok sin. It's just so TikTok could live. Vine was the Jesus to TikTok's humanity. No, didn't uh, Snapchat buy it out? Maybe. I think that's what happened. I Snapchat could give a still exists, though. This got derailed very quickly. Welcome to the Fetch and Shock <laughs> social media podcast, where we talk everything... Uh, but magic. Media. Talk about everything but magic. Yep. Well, I mean, Twitter is pretty. There is not another social media encompassing as much as Twitter. Uh, Reddit, maybe? Reddit is probably more so, yeah. And, like, I guess more niche categories of magic are pretty heavy on Facebook. Most, uh, it's more like groups and stores, like, promoting their events, I think. Well, I mean, like, the art market on magic is, like, 0% on Twitter and almost, like, exclusively on like two Facebook groups. That's fair. I guess I didn't think of that. 
yeah, like buying and selling art, if you're into that stuff, like the magic stuff for or the magic art stuff for Facebook is just like your one stop shop. That's it. Like the MTG art market uh, Facebook page. If you're not if you're into art and you're not into that or if you're ever into like buying or selling art or just want to see like how some of that process goes. I highly recommend going to MTG Art Market on Facebook and requesting to follow them. There's like a little questionnaire you have to figure out or you have to fill out just to make it just like pretty much vets people that aren't in the magic community or just like robots. Everyone's a robot. Yeah, this is all a simulation. <laughs> but a they I mean, percent. that's that's where you see like old works, like how they're like trading hands and people are like constantly selling and buying like new arts, old arts, like a lot of new artists. Like when new sets come out, I am heavily updating that like multiple times a day to see what artists are jumping in there and selling their new pieces. And like I follow those things, even though I'm not in a point in my life where I can actively bid on art anymore. Uh, it's cool to see that happen and see like, oh, uh, it's cool watching this like Greg Staples art getting bid on for a couple thousand dollars or like different things like that. Cause like right now there's a, Oh my uh, God, shut your mouth. Guess what? I forgot to test. I don't know if you saw it or not. Ooh. How Seb McKinnon is doing that Kickstarter. Oh yeah. For his new for play, the play mat. Yes. And one of them is uh soul herder. Yes. I saw it and I was like, do I just fucking buy it right now? You 1000% do the soul herder thing, dude. I would honestly frame. I wouldn't even fucking use it. No, you have to. Cause I know initially when, when I was like having an MTG art conversation with you, you were just like, Oh, I would like kill for Soul Hunter art. And I'm like, well, it's digital, but you can't really do that. And then like you can reach out to Seb and he will do like a limited edition proof. He does like one of one artist proof for that art. And he will paint over top of it while also doing a sketch on the back. And he will send you all this extra stuff um, and it'll make it really worth your fucking while. Uh, but you're going to you're going to pay a decent amount for it. Yeah, I also don't want to drop a grand on it. I mean, but for something like that from somebody like Seb. Like, that stuff is hyper worth. Seb is the fucking man. Oh, he's incredibly talented, for sure. And he has blown up in the past, like, year and a half from, like, oh, he's just, like, he's a guy who does really good art that, like, art people recognize. Uh, He, like, does, like, commons and uncommons and stuff that's very, very good to, like, a premiere artist in Magic. Oh, premiere. I was like, what is premiere? I really didn't didn't understand what you were saying. I was putting emphasis. I thought you were going to say like mirrored in. I was like, uh, you want to finish that? But I got you. No, he is like one of the guys that when you say, uh, yeah, who's your magic artist to any just random magic player? Seb comes up a lot nowadays. It's because he's fucking incredible. Yeah. And he comes up with like the heavy hitters. Like you are seeing a lot less like, oh, Therese Nielsen's my favorite artist. Oh, Rebecca Gwai's my favorite artist. Oh, Mark Poole's my favorite artist. Greg Staples, stuff like that. Like, that's slowly getting uh, eclipsed by, like, Seb is my favorite artist. And I don't yeah. hate the fact that digital artists who are breaking ground like him are seeing more success with just the casual magic player who, like, maybe isn't very into the art of the card, but, like, really enjoys the art. Like, they're not looking at cards and being like, oh, this has to be from that artist because of the art style or recognizing, like, different things about it. They're just like, they see the art, they recognize in their brain that they love it, and then they look at the artist and say, oh, this is fucking great. This is my new artist, like, favorite guy or girl. Yeah, it makes sense why I like it. Yeah, Seb is just, like, out of this fucking world, dude. He is so nuts. Well, my, Yeah, I, just, I figured I'd hop in and shout that out. You didn't mention 
Oh, no, but I definitely saw it, and I am very stoked. Whenever Seb does, like, a Kickstarter like that, one, it's guaranteed to succeed because Seb is Seb. Like, you can't not love the guy. And two, whenever he does that stuff, it's always good. It's not like he's just doing that because he's like, oh, well, need to make rent this month. Let's put out a Kickstarter. No, he's doing that because he's received a lot good of... Person. Yeah, he's, he's received a lot of notoriety and probably a lot of DMs and shit because he's like, hey, I, we need this playmat, dude. And he receives like X amount of those things. So he's like, okay, well, let's put this out on the fucking internet and see what happens. And then he always succeeds because it's him. Yeah. Because the art's out. bonkers. Seb's the fucking yes, a G. But speaking of Magic Gathering art, let's talk there, about... There are some commons that have art. Yeah, there is some commons that have art. It turns out there's actually some good art on commons, surprisingly enough. Uh, speaking of good art on commons, let me just give a shout out to Ryan Pancoast because he did the art for Unruly Mob and that card is a common. But turns out I did not play any Unruly Mobs in my weekend of Popper because I spent the entire weekend actually playing physical paper magic. How did that go? I know that uh, you were pretty excited about it. Uh, slangs, common spells. Oh, dude, I haven't played magic, at least in paper, uh, since the annual, which was what, like three weeks ago at this point? Yeah, me either. It was like a month ago. Yeah, pretty close to it. That's wild. Yeah, I haven't played Paper Magic, and I haven't played, like, non-limited magic. Because I've just been jamming games of Theros online. I haven't played a Constructed format in forever. Honestly, I probably haven't played Constructed since uh, when we played Team Modern at uh, Columbus. That's wild. Yeah, right? It's been a little bit of a hiatus. So, how did uh, playing Popper go? Well, um, my throughout the whole entire Popper weekend... It started off, I'll recap all the days. Um, it started off on Friday. So Friday, uh, everybody had to work during the day. I obviously did not. <laughs> so I fucked off and did nothing. Um, sleep my decks, did all the things, got everything prepared. Um, and then everybody showed up in my place uh, around like 8 o'clock. And then we just like dove right in and played a ton of popper. Like that's pretty much all we did the entire night. We played games of constructed popper for a good majority of the night and then we ended the night with a big game of commander that ended up taking you know like two hours as commander games typically do um i mean both my decks performed as you would expect an aggro deck in this format would do like if i don't get off to a really good start i am just going to get rolled by like counter spells followed by removal spell removal spell removal spell oh uh you, you know preordained playing a two mana one one yeah i'm just gonna get bound um so like middling results like there are definitely some tweaks that i could do to my decks like uh i definitely would like a little bit different creature base in boros uh just something to get out there a little bit more aggressively and like creatures that are just a little bit more effective like i'm playing for seeker of the way i could see that becoming uh another card at some point maybe not getting rid of all of the seeker of the way but maybe playing like a two and two split with like a core skyfisher or something like that fuck that i'd play both of them play four of each both of those cards are really good and popper especially with um combined you get a an additional spell and if it's the prismatic prismatic vista no that's the are you talking about the uh protection spell no the artifact prismatic omen no no prismatic omen is definitely not the card Oh, I'm not playing the artifact version of the deck, though. Oh, well, that's why. That's the better version. Well, I, I just want to play, like, the creatures. I don't want to play, like, Glenhawks and stuff like that. I just want to play the creatures. That is a creature. Yeah, but you need artifacts in order to make that a thing. Or at least to get, like, 
prime value out of it. I want to play like Rally of the Peasants and just like turn shit sideways and just like make make a guys and kill with the guys. Well, Kobata, Kobata Rebirth? You sack an artifact for a red and make three 1-1 one, one idiots? Yeah, that's a, that's a card. See, I'm playing um, the two mana, two white, uh, make two guys with the flashback tab three white guys make two guys. Battle Screech. Yes, Battle Screech. I'm playing, I want to play that card in a, in a play set. So I'm like, I'm focused on just like playing like Squadron Hawks and Thraven Inspectors and then just getting that out and then just like rally the peasants, my opponent to death. I would much rather play that game because that's just more fun. Sounds pretty fun. Hell yeah. And there's a protection spell that's two and a white that in instant speed, you can uh, say the, the all permanence of the color of your choice. I uh, don't deal damage this turn or all spells or whatever. Uh, all, all sources of a color of your choice don't deal damage this turn. So it's just like, Oh, well all of your red creatures don't deal damage. But why, why my white creatures do prismatic strand. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. From the commander set. And it also has a flashback for tapping one white creature. It's like, that's super. And that also insulates you a little bit from like electrolyze and stuff like that. And like, it gives you just like a really profitable attack at some point. Not electrolyze. Yeah. Electricery. Yep. Correct. I mean, that deck performed well. And then slivers slivers did really good. I am loving that deck. I love the, the super hard to, if you get in there, you just get in there. They pretty much have to have several removal spells to deal with. Oh, for sure. And there were games where I was just like, Oh, I played, you know, like four slivers and then like missed on my lead the stampede or missed on my uh like winding way or whatever like that. And I just like didn't draw anything. And then my opponent just like slowly picked off my creatures and then I just died. There were, there were definitely games where that happened, but like there's no way that you can build that deck to prevent that from happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not slivers MO. Their MO is to. Yeah, get you dead as quick as I can. And stop me, I'm dead. Yeah. But I mean, I was happy with both the decks, how the decks performed, at least uh, for the first time ever playing them. There's definitely some tweaking and there was definitely like I did not play the decks optimally just because I've never touched them before. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So like the little quirks that every deck has where it's just like, oh, well, I'm just playing a generic aggressive strategy. But there's just like some sequencing things that I probably screwed up that could make the decks better and blah, blah, blah. But that comes with like playing the decks more, obviously. Um, the highlight of the weekend, honestly, was my uh, good friend Rupert came, and he came with some fucking spice. Yeah, you were telling me a little bit about it. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, one of the decks that he brought, which is the deck that I am least excited about, it's still an exciting deck, but it's just not as exciting as the one that I'm, like, absolutely gassed on. But the first one was a deck with, uh, like, Wild Mongrel and Scuttlemutt. And then you so, make hold those... on. wild mongrel. Yeah, wild mongrel. One green, is... or is it a colorless and a green where you discard a card and it gets plus one plus? One? Well, you discard a. Yeah, it is one and a green for a tier two, and you can discard a card for no cost. Discard a card, and it gets a plus one plus one, and you can turn it into the color of your choice. That's important. And then scuttlemutt makes anything the color of your choice. Yeah, scuttlemutt. You can three, two, two, three mana, two, two, three mana, two, two. You can tap it at a color of your choice to your mana pool or tap it and a permanent becomes any number of colors of your. That's important, too, trying because to think why that there is a discard card in the popper format that for two and a black and sacrifice a creature, the target player discards every card of that creature's color. 
So you make Scuttlemutt all the colors. Sack it, and they discard their hand. And they discard everything but land. That's brutal. Yeah, and if you're playing, like, a monocolor deck... Get fucked. Like, let's... Like, if you're playing, like, Blue Red Delver, you can use, um, like, any of the creatures... Pretty much any of the creatures in the deck. So you can use, like, Wild Mongrel, uh, go to combat, discard a card, make it a 3-3, make it blue, it gets in for three, second main, sack it to the discard spell, and... Uh, make them discard all their blue cards, which is their almost entire deck. Yeah, pretty much plays red for Scred. Yeah, Scred and Bolt. And sometimes Faithless Looting, but not frequently. Yeah, that deck is sweet. That deck has some tweaking to do because sometimes it just like, you draw the opposite side of your combo, which is like, oh, I have to play an aggressive strategy with these shitty creatures. And the other times where you're just like, oh, I'm holding three of these discard spells and uh, I have nothing to do with them. And, like, if you do the discard thing once, the chance of you ever needing to do it again go to just about zero. Yeah, you have the cards in your hand and what's on board, and they have lands and the other color of cards. Yeah, and you get to see their hand, so you know it's in their hand. And, like, it's also playing duress and stuff, so, like, you can choose which color you want. It's it's playing Utopia Sprawl to kind of uh, aggro out that combo a little bit, because Scuttlemutt is a three-drop. Yeah, try to ramp into it a little bit quicker. Yep. Hey, but it's just like, it's just a black-green discard deck that's just like trying to finish you off with Scuttlemutt and Wild Mongrel and just just idiot creatures because now you have nothing to do. Makes sense. Yeah, deck was super sweet. So what was everyone else playing? Well, I had those two decks. I had Slivers and Boros Aggro. Uh, my buddy Rupert had the black-green discard deck with the Mongrel and the Scuttlemutt. Um, and he also had another deck, which we'll get to in a second. And then my buddy Austin came. He just came with one deck, um, and he's a filthy net decker. So he just brought uh, just straight Blue Red Delver, which I think is the best deck in them. Like, it's not close. I think Tron is better, but I don't play enough Popper to know that for sure. I think just, like, you just have so much game against every deck in the format with four copies of Counterspell in your deck and a pretty effective clock. Yeah, three two is nothing to fucking scoff at. Yeah, it's hard to fucking beat Delver. Like can you just and like they get they're they're playing ponders and preordains and Delvers and counter spells, and everybody else is playing like actual commons. Yeah, <laughs> not legacy staples. Yeah, not mythic rare commons. Yeah, because yeah, like you said, there are cards in this format that are that have common printed at the bottom or printed in the corner for the set symbol, and there's a cards in this format that are just like, oh, uh. If you put a fetch lane next to this card, it becomes the best card in your deck. And that's <laughs> that's just the form. Yeah, I can see why that. Yes. But the other deck that my buddy Rupert brought to the fray was a deck that I am legitimately, I'm going to plant my flag in the ground and say, this deck is the new best deck in Popper. <laughs> it's, and it's so good. It's a bold claim. Yep. Me not playing Popper very long, just knowing uh, the, the games that I played. Uh, in knowing the online data for the meta of Popper. Uh, this is the new best deck in, in Popper. It is uh, like mono goblin, mono red goblin token tribal. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he didn't tell us about any of these decks too, which is the best part. So like I sat down and started playing this game and he led off with land, right of flame, Cranko's command, which Cranko's command is just one red or one in a red, make two one one goblin. I was like, okay. And I'm playing like one of my aggressive decks against him. And I'm attacking. And he could have easily just been like, block, block, uh, kill your guy, I have one goblin left. And he didn't do that. 
And I'm like immediately suspicious, like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> the next uh, turn, uh, he fires off another one red, one colorless, make two two goblins, like a dragon fodder or something like that. Because there's a million commons in magic, apparently, that make two goblins for one and a red. There are a million cards. Makes sense. Yeah. And I was like, okay, sure. Uh, went back to me. I attacked. Uh, again, no block. With four goblins on the battlefield, my, my opponent did not block at all. Just took it right to the face. I was like, okay, sure. Uh, then I pass a turn. I have no blockers. Uh, my opponent goes, okay, plays the land. Uh, taps one red. Goblin Warstrike. Now, Matt, do you know what Goblin Warstrike does? I actually don't. I'm assuming I love it's damage that. for each creature or something. See, Goblin Warstrike is one red at sorcery speed, and it deals damage equal to the number of goblins you control to target player. So just a casual five damage for a red. Yeah. So he just goblin war strikes me, goblin war strikes me, uh, then goblin grenades me, sacking one of his goblins, or attacks, and then post-combat, goblin grenades. That's pretty glorious. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Now this is how this game went. <laughs> and I'm just dead. Just I can't fucking do anything. So like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and I was like, okay, there's no way this deck actually just performed that well. It, like on a regular basis that just had to have been luck for the first game it played uh no this deck just like consistently does dumb shit like it's playing things like what's the one red enchantment uh impact tremors impact tremors yeah yeah so it's one in a red whenever a creature enters uh deals one damage yeah it's just playing impact tremors and then a bunch of things that produce goblins for very cheap and so you're just like pinging your opponent getting in for a little bit of damage when you can and then just goblin war striking and gamma grenading your opponent to death. And I was just blown away. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, we, what we is just happening? Spent, we just spent all this time talking about brews last week. And then I just encountered quite possibly the single best brew I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. It's pretty great. I'm not going to lie. Oh, dude, I was so, so fucking stoked by this. Like it. And it just seems like I don't give a shit what you're doing. Just getting in. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do my game plan. It's just going to kill you before you do anything to me. It was great. So I can't wait to, like, actually play this deck because I, I told my buddy, I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take this entire deck list and I'm just going to run it into as many leagues as I can online and just bastardize it until I can try to figure out how this deck works optimally because there are some weaknesses. Like, you just die to, like, a pestle or you die to a uh, electricery. But besides yeah, anything that, that just does one damage to everything seems like you fizzle. Yeah, like real it makes hard. The, but like in that same respect, that those cards are a lot less popular in the format. Uh, targeted removal is way more popular. This deck does not give a single solitary fuck about what targeted you're bringing to the table. Like, oh, you're gonna bolt one of my one ones. Cool. Okay. Thanks for thanks for wasting a bolt. Yeah, it's like the card just reads like target opponent sacrifices a goblin. Okay. <laughs> it's actually really funny to me. Oh my goodness, dude. It was such a fucking blast playing against that deck and just getting like so excited about something I've never seen before. Our whole entire conversation last week was predicated on brews and I just in just encountered one of the spiciest brews ever and it got me, even though I didn't even build it, it got me, like, vicariously excited about it. It seems hilariously fun. Oh, it was so good. So, like, there's a chance that I am going to just build this deck 
and just just jam it until I cannot breathe and just find a way to make it not die to the things that it dies to. I am going to win every popper tournament from here until people realize the deck is so good and then it's just going to get hated out of the format. Like, I, I by myself, with this deck, am going to get Goblin Grenade banned from Pop. That is a bold claim. <laughs> nope. People are Thanks. just going to play four electric. Or... And then I'll play white in the deck and I'll start playing uh, other just various good goofball things to make my creatures have bigger toughness. That's not fun. You ruined it. Because there's no goblin goblin lords. I mean, the only lords I think are there's uncommon a, there, rare. Yeah, for goblins, uh, there's obviously sliver lords. I don't. I think the blue green merfolk is uncommon, isn't it? Yes, I believe so. Like there are definitely lords for other creatures at uncommon, but I don't think there's any lord outside of slivers at uncommon. Yeah, I would assume not. Like yeah, slivers is just the sole proprietor of lords at common because that just fits the uh the theme it's themey quite themey seems themey yeah so that was super exciting i also got to play a bunch of commander too which was super fun um obviously played with crufix my baby and i got to play with brea a couple times which was super fun my my secondary baby my uh forgotten child i didn't even know you still had that together yep still have brea together in tribal thopters Gotta love I'm me some tribal. Well thopters. aware of tribal thopters. Yeah, and we even got to, I got to play some commander on Saturday too because uh we just ran it back because you know, Valentine's Day weekend and us nerds have nothing else to do because we don't have like women in our lives. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Freaking nerds. Uh-huh. That's yeah, hundred percent correct. So we played Saturday as well, and uh another buddy, Tyler, came over and he's a big commander guy. Tylerception. Yeah, we had multiple Tylers at the same table. Um, and he has like 10 commander decks. Jesus. Yeah. So we just played multiple games of commander and I played a commander deck that I started to build, but then forgot about building, uh, because you know, like losing my job thing. Uh, but he built a version of a commander deck that I wanted to build. And now I'm back on the train of building. What one is that? The commander is Kenrith, the king. Oh, the white, uh, dude. The white five colors. colors. Yes. And his version of the deck was all enchantment. So it was five color enchantments based around all of the curses and magic. It was so sweet. It's actually kind of funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, my, my initial idea for the deck was, yeah, I'm going to make a five color deck, but, and this is the one that I'm going to build. I want to build a five color deck, but with all of the modal spells and magic. So like all of the commands, all the charms, all of the charms, all of those enchantments from cons of dark here. Uh, the commands, or not the commands, the, uh, what are they called? They're named after the dragons. I can't remember what they're called. They're commands. Are they commands? No, they're, they're the enchantments that come down, and you can either choose uh, cons or dragons. They're from Fate Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. So the entire deck is just going to build, be built on all charms, commands, and just spells that let you choose one thing or the other. So it's just the ultimate uh, toolbox deck. Of just like, oh, well, uh, I can do this thing or this thing or this thing or this thing. That's all I want it to be. Sounds fun. Yeah, right? Because there's like, actually a lot of charm and shit like that. There's enough at least to build a deck, right? There's got to be. I would assume. And, and then the only like superlative things that go in the deck are just things that uh, make me like more mana or like give me more like parallax uh, wave or whatever the fuck the thing is that gives me additional upkeep. Like, I'd play that in the deck. Why do you want additional upkeep? 
because all of the enchantments that give you multiple things at an upkeep are or multiple things are they trigger it up no so like that fills that oh yeah okay yeah exactly so it's just like i'm going to make this deck make me as many decisions as i possibly can that sounds fun and terrible at the same time oh it's definitely not a good deck i would be surprised if it wins any game I meant all the decisions. It's just like, uh, well, fuck. Oh yeah, like it's like going to be impossible to play that deck optimally. But like, that's not the that's not the point. So yeah, that's that's my gonna be my new goal in life is to build that deck because I played a deck kind of similar to that with the same commander and had a actual fucking blast. One of the my favorite commander games I've ever played in my entire life was with that that deck that wasn't mine. So now I'm gonna build one myself. Is this taking precedent over the mono red chaos? Ooh, see, here's the thing with the Monorod Chaos. All I have to do is just order the bastard. That's all I need. Like, I have that deck already built and tuned. It's sometimes more fun to build those types of decks than it is to actually play them. Yeah, you're not wrong. I had a lot of fun building the Chaos deck, and then when I play it, I'm just like, oh, it turns out people don't like it. <laughs> so yeah. when I resolve, at least like online, I'm sure paper, it's probably much more fun to play than online, but like, when I'm playing on Moto, there's times where I resolve like one of my favorite cards in the deck and it just prompts a concession from everybody that I'm playing with. I'm like, oh, well, well cool. Awesome. Seems less fun. Yeah. But like, like I said, that does that will happen a significant amount less in actual factual. Yeah. People still want to just play where online it's like, oh, fuck it. Leave this one. Join a new. Yeah. I mean, so there's a chance that I will just like design the the choices deck and then build it online and then run it through and then like weed out what i think is bad and what is not bad or keepable and then just have like two decks that i need to buy and then just chunk one out and then chunk another one out that's probably the the more likely i mean the charm deck that has to be super cheap yeah i mean the only expensive cards in uh mono red are like wheel of fortune and, like, some of the obscure coin flip card. Yeah, for whatever fucking reason. Commander yeah. is why they're expensive. Just Commander. Yep, pretty much. So that's probably what I'll do. I'll just, I'll build the deck, design it online, run it through a couple leagues, uh, see what I like, and then uh, throw it in the, the queue for being purchased. Because, like you said, that Command deck, like, I already have the Cryptic Command for it, obviously. Um, I'm pretty sure I already have like the austere command. Those are like the only real cards in the deck that people give a shit about. Yeah. Like, like all the three mana charms are probably pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, like, is it like that charm? The two cycle? color charms. Yeah. Those are dirt cheap. Maybe, uh, like Colligan's command is somewhat expensive. Yeah. That's probably like 20 bucks or so. And, um, like I'd have to play what's the one in a black, uh, you can give a creature minus two, minus two, drain and gain your opponent or make them discard. And then you can discard cards to do that more. I'm trying to think what you're talking about. It's played in modern a bunch. It's all, it's honestly played in legacy too. Say it um, again. It's, it's from shadows over Innistrad. It's one in a black drain and gain your opponent. Uh, your opponent reveals their hand. Uh, you discard a non-creature or two damage to a creature. I have no idea. Oh, that's going to kill me. It's in John, dude. I'm doing the thing. I'm looking it up. Is it black green? No, it's just, it's one in a black. Collective Brutality. Oh, oh, it's minus two, minus two. Minus two, minus two, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Drain and Gain for two. Yep. 
That's why I was like, I don't fucking have any idea what you're going to buy. Yeah, it's not two damage, it's minus two. Like, those cards have to go in the deck, too. Because that's, like, that's modal. You have a choice. Yeah, it wouldn't be very good in Commander, but... Nope, but it's got to go in there. Has to be in there, yeah. Yeah, and Brutality is 30 bucks wrong. So, <laughs> that's that's not great. Why is it $30? That card's great, dude. That card's insane. Is it legal in Pioneer? Yes. That's why, and there's only one printing, and it's seeing play. Big time legal in Pioneer. Seeing play in Pioneer, probably, and Modern. Oh, yeah. With one printing. Oh, yeah. I do fucking hate that card, but I do love that card. I'm talking about every card that lets me have a choice, dude. I'm fucking putting the th- the card in the deck. That's a lot of cards. Yep. Might have to cut some of that shit down. Well, I have an idea of what the first one I'm going to cut is. <laughs> Goodbye, Collective Brutality, you fucking... <laughs> $30 nonsense you... that's going to be shitty. Yeah, $20 piece of shit. You hate that. But, Matt, I know I had a bunch of fucking commander shenanigans this weekend. But there was something else that happened this weekend. Trying to think where you're going with this. Ooh. Oh, the uh, fucking world champs. You figured it out. The fucking champ champs. You got there. The champions championship. The magic, the gathering world's championship happened Arguably this past weekend. the biggest fucking tournament. Yeah, it's only the biggest tournament of the year. No big deal. Matt, did you get a chance to watch any of it? Very little of it. Um, I watched some of the draft portion. Um, I don't really care about standard, so didn't really care about that as much. Like, I would check in every now and again to see, like, what was going on, what decks were winning. That's um, a question, too. Did you get to, you said you saw some of the draft portion. Did you get to see, like, the actual drafts at all? Because we totally nailed it. Yeah, they recorded them and then yep. played them uh, for the viewers, which that would have been the it would have been weird and ridiculous if they didn't do that. Yeah, that was definitely one of the things that we had talked about being like, oh, if they don't do this, that's a missed opportunity. Turns out Wizards, even though when we talked about it, it had already happened, that proves that they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. You got it. They read our brains. But they did, yeah. So during the World's Championships, we got what we wanted. They recorded some draft. And it was the way that we kind of said that we wanted it. They did over-the-top shoulder recordings of one player going through picks and stuff like that and i love that that's the shit that i am fucking absolutely crazy about in these live tournaments yeah that's the most fun part about it yeah but honestly my favorite part about this draft format that they covered was the fact that they had all of the deck lists prior to so in between rounds before they started we actually got to see the entirety of a deck list for somebody's draft like down to the number of copies that that person had of the specific card in there. Yeah, that's generally how they do it for bigger tournaments like that. And they, during the draft, um, there's people around the table. Like when they open the pack, they know what's in these packs already. It's oh, not yeah, like they're yeah. cracking fresh packs. They're like all stamped. No, they're all stamped. Yep. And behind like every person, there's someone with a tablet and saying, okay, pick pack one, pick six. They took this. They took this. Yeah, so but I'm sure there's data, data somewhere of like oh for the sure the exact pick order of what people took, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, but as far as like a coverage aspect, we like have never gotten the opportunity to have like very good Magic players go, like looking over people's draft decks beforehand, seeing both decks and being able to talk about how both decks are paired up against each other with specific cards and all these things. Um, it was just really cool to see like oh. Well, we just get to see like Cedric Phillips and a bunch of people look over these two decks 
and pick a favorite out of how these two decks with these exact cards match up in limited. Yeah, they kind of gave them, like, in each pod, they gave them, like, a letter grade from A to F. Yeah, which was awesome. And we got, like, specific matchup coverage with a lot of really good insight. And another big plus, because I am actually... We talked a, a little bit of shit about this last week, about, uh, well, maybe this Magic Arena stuff with the coverage just isn't for us. Like, maybe we just don't get it. Um, I have I enjoyed this world more than I could have ever possibly imagined. Yeah, the last time I actually enjoyed Worlds is when they played Modern, and it was, like, Infect versus Grishelbrand uh, versus Boggles were, like, the three decks that... They oh no! The last the last time they played modern that I enjoyed it was when Shahar Shenhar won it with uh, blue red blue burn, burn with treasure cruise. Yeah, literal burn with just four treasure cruise. And that yeah, was that was so the, sick. That was the the splash was just to refill. Oh fuck yeah! I love that. Turns out that's good. Yeah, not bad. But like, kudos to the coverage team for this past weekend. Because holy shit! First of all, it was star studded. Like, this is the best coverage team we've ever seen. Yeah, there were some fucking heavy hitters in there. Yeah, like, Marshall was in there, which Marshall is, I'm going to say, pound for pound, the best person that's ever been on Magic coverage in the history of the game. Oh, absolutely. Like, you can say... That's not even really a question in my mind. That's just like, oh, yeah, no shit. Like, you could say Brian David Marshall is up there, too, which I 100% agree. Um... He's just has a lot more history at the game. He's he's also he's good with coverage, too, because he has like good color commentary. But just as far as like an eye for the game and the ability to bring the game to life through coverage, like nobody even gets close to Marshall. He's so goddamn good. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. But like even besides Marshall, like they had Paul Cheon. Cheon's pretty good in coverage. Yeah, they yeah, I like Cheon, Cheon, Cheon. Yeah, they Cheon. Had, they had Cedric There's, Phillips, which... Yeah, which I thought that was pretty cool to pull from like, SCG. They're like, hey, we fucking like what you're doing. Come on over, bud. Yeah, and it's cool that they recognize that, like, Ced's a fucking OG. Ced's super good at coverage. Um, I did really miss having Cedric with somebody that he, like, knows or, like, knows how to banter with because he yeah, definitely got worse without... Patrick Sullivan. Uh, Pat Sullivan beside him. Pat Sullivan is the glue of Star City Games. Yeah, 100%. And just like when those two get to get together and just like shoot the shit. Yeah, they'll like, like bullshit about like. And, and yeah, it kills exactly. Me every time. Yeah, a fucking a video game that came out in fucking 2001. They can fill up blank space with like bullshitting about that or like talking shit on like like Pat will talk shit on like Cleveland sports and then fucking Cedric will get all pissed off. I love that. Or they talk shit on the players that they're friends with. Like, they always make fun of yeah. uh, Ross Merriman. Marion. Yeah, and all, like, the SEG, like, clowns. I love yeah. that. Well, they're friends with them, and they're just like, Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, like, you can just clown on your homies. Not a chance that they're beating me or whatever. It's funny. Yeah, you can just shit on your friends. But, like, we're also, like, we're in on that joke as viewers, and that's super cool. Cedric lost a little bit of his coverage, like, swagger by not having somebody he can banter with. But, he, like, he also killed it. I honestly didn't see the that part of it a lot. Oh, of, like, the, Cedric, like, just, like, shooting shit? Of the actual coverage. I didn't really get to see any... Every time I tuned in, it was either, it was like, like their commercials or, like, an actual game. Sure, sure, sure. 
But yeah, I mean, that was just like, and that's like super minor. And that's also just coming from years of watching Cedric with like Pat and like getting that dynamic. Cause that dynamic is just untouchable. Like we were just saying how good Marshall is. I would take Pat and Cedric with each other over just Marshall any day of the week. What about Cedric and Sullivan, the uh, Marshall and LSV? I would say, are you going to say Marshall and Luis? Oh, bud. I think that really goes down to what limited versus constructed. Constructed, I'm taking LSV. Or, or constructed, I'm taking uh, Pat and Cedric. Limited, I'm taking LSV and Marshall. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah. But overall, uh, the coverage was a fucking home run. Knocked out of the park. So, so good. Probably the best coverage we've had in any kind of competitive Magic event. Maybe ever. I don't know if this is just... I'm saying that because I haven't seen a competitive Magic event coverage in a very long time because we don't have GPs. Um, but this was a very good fucking coverage thing. Well, that and just the amount, like I keep saying, like the heavy hitters that were there, like these people that are so well-known in within the community... Hell yeah! Like they had day nine there. He's big on streaming. Don't know who that is. Um, he's done he's done coverage for Magic for since Arena was concepted. Oh, I'm sure if I saw. Uh, yeah, well, if I you would. saw him, you would know him for sure. But they had like Maria. He, she was there. Like they had some fucking. They had a thick coverage. There was like 25 people or something, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a shitload, but all of them were were solid. Well, I'm sure that was by design. Yeah, just to keep things rotated and keep everybody fresh. Yeah. Which is not a bad idea. No, not at fucking all. Yeah. But the tournament actually did consist of something other than limited, which kind of sucks. But like also, yeah, you have to. Well, standard is their one of their bigger money makers. Bread and butter, man. But it actually boiled down to a pretty diverse top four because they break it down into top four for this event because such a small uh, player base. Yeah. Yeah. But the top four was fucking heavy. Well, if they did a top eight, it would literally be Half the field. Half of the field, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the top four was Gabe Nassif, Seth Manfield, uh, Paulo Vitor Domodorosa, and Marcio Carvalho. Like, I don't want to do the math, and I don't want to do the research to figure out the math, but the number of top eights of, like, PTs, GPs, between those four players... And world champions. And world champions. Seth Manfield's a former world champion. Like, all of those numbers have to be, like, close to, like, 60. Which is wild. Yeah, that, that's up there. Holy shit, now that you say that. Yeah, Nasif has been playing forever. Paulo's been playing forever. Marcio just, like, refuses to lose. And Seth just refuses to lose, too. Like, we have two veterans and then two, like, relatively modern era players that have just been dominating. Like, this top four is a powerhouse. Which isn't surprising in mm-hmm. the fucking world championships. No. Yeah, but it broke down to... Um, and it's a double elimination tournament, so like that was kind of fucky uh, with like how pairings worked and stuff. Um, and I ended up tuning in at the very late stages of it. So it was when I saw it, it was Seth versus Marcio uh, playing to see who played PV in the finals. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. I just talked about Seth Manfield all uh, like last week, how I want this motherfucker to win. Uh Come on, let's go fucking Seth. And he ended up losing, and I was super bummed. Uh, well, that's how double elimination brackets work. Yeah. I saw that people were like, oh, this is so fucking dumb. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, we'll have you claim. I forget who tweeted it, but they're like, Magic players rating themselves in like all these categories as an A. 
yet you can't figure out how a double elimination bracket works. I yeah, like you funny. can work out you can work out percentages to figure out whether you can like ID into a top eight, but you can't figure out how to double elimination tournament works. Yeah. You like there's literally win, you move on. You yeah. lose, you go to the losers bracket. Middle then... school level athletic events work on like double elimination. Like yep. I've played in middle school level events where double elimination was the thing. And me as a fucking dumb middle school kid was just like, Oh, I get this. Like seventh grade Tyler was just like, Oh yeah. That if we do the thing, we do the thing. And if we don't do the thing, we dead. Cool. <laughs> get yeah. If you win, you keep going. If you lose, you go down. If you lose again, you're out. If you win, you can win out and bottom feed and, yeah, and they, bottom feed quote unquote, they the best literally, players in the world. They literally drew fucking pictures to make it easy yeah. on screen. And people still were just like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, why are they still playing? They lost. <laughs> double elimination. Double stands for two. <laughs> oh my God. You just cracked the code, dude. <laughs> fucking yeah, work on. But yeah, then we ended up having, uh, yeah, PV versus Marcio uh, in the finals. Jeskai uh, Fires versus Azorius Control. I and... do like that deck, the Jeskai Fires deck. Yeah, that deck is sweet. The deck is super sweet. But, you know, the fucking, the man, the myth, the legend, Paulo Vitor Damodorosa ended up taking the whole thing down. Yeah, there were, like, flyers. Uh, I think it was Brazil of, like, yep. him winning. Yeah, fuck I saw yeah. that Willie Idol tweeted that. I love that. Well, the thing is, too, like, this pretty much cements PV as the GOAT, right? Um, He's up there. I think it's him, Kai, uh, Finkel. Finkel are, like, the, and there's an argument for PV because he's still just killing it. And Finkel and Kai don't really play anymore. Yeah, PV's done. Like Finkel, or PV's will, not done. Yeah, Finkel still like streams occasionally, and he'll play in some tournaments, but he's not nearly as dominant as he once was. No, but it's cool to have like people in that conversation, right? Yeah, as active people in that conversation because, like, I mean, before, like, I, I mean, I don't know how much you give a shit about basketball, and I just I give don't. a shit about sports in general because I enjoy watching them. But the fact that like LeBron is playing basketball. And people are putting him in the category of like goat. That makes compelling dialogue between the fan base. Because like I am on the side of Jordan being the greatest player of all time. Because he put I basketball on the map like um, nobody else would be capable of doing. Yeah, like he made it like a worldwide fucking phenomenon. Yeah, I mean literally, he's probably made more money off his shoes than anyone will probably ever make playing basketball. And that's the thing he ex he expanded the culture. Yeah, and that's like. Also, another thing that I'm intimately familiar with, uh, skateboarding. Like, as much as, like, people want to talk shit on Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk is the GOAT. Because there are so many fucking kids out there who skateboard just solely because they fucking picked up a PlayStation and fucking played, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. This game is super fun, by the way. Hell yeah, it is. But, like, that's so influential to skateboarding culture. Like, Tony's the GOAT just because of that. Like, he could be an average skateboarder. Which I'm sure at this, I mean, like at this level, if I like played him in a game of skate, just like like on flat ground, I would crush Tony Hawk. I would bury him. No, just not. Nope. I don't no, on, so. on flat ground, if he took me to fucking vert, he would absolutely fucking ruin me in three seconds. But on flat ground, like his knees are just like barely. See, I still think that he would just fucking smash you. No, there was actually a video on uh, the Internet a couple weeks ago or not a couple weeks ago. It was like a year ago of him learning. A trick. It was a backside big spin, which people who out there who skateboard will know this, and people who out there don't won't. So I'm not going to explain it. But it was him learning a trick uh, for the first time ever 
Homeboy has been skating for like 51 years and just learned this flacron trick like for the first time ever. And I've been doing this trick for like three. And I'm like, okay, that makes me feel a lot better about myself because there's like six year olds on fucking Instagram doing things that I will never be able to do. But the fact that I can do this thing before Tony Hawk could, I'm totally okay with where I'm at. Miles. Sure. You take what you got to take, man. Take mm-hmm. those wins when you can get them. That's what I'm saying. I could <laughs> beat like... you in skateboarding, but on the finger skate, the tech decks. Oh, you're going to try to tech deck me, bud. I'd fuck you up, boy. I you don't want in your wet dreams, pal. You don't want this game. Chance. <laughs> on an actual skateboard. I can stand on it and glide like a fucking champ. Welcome to the Fetch and Shock Tech Decks <laughs> podcast. But the, the finger tech decks. Oh my. See, I, I don't know if I can actually tech deck, uh, but I will play the, the foot skateboard. I will play the skateboard with you. I'll tell you what. We'll do a competition. You do it on an actual skateboard and I'll do tech deck. All right. I'll take that action. This will be fun. <laughs> we'll video this and we'll put it on the Fetch and Talk Twitter. That is at fetch underscore shock yeah <laughs> so back to magic i guess yeah back to paulo paulo fucking took it down bud I'm yeah pretty dominantly as well and paulo's always been a good representative for the game of magic the gathering so like you can't be mad when somebody like that takes it down because like paulo's the fucking dude saying deserve like winning something is one thing but he legit fucking deserves to win because he puts in the work He's a super chill dude. I don't know. I'm not tight him like I am Mr. Larson, but... <laughs> yeah, Joel Larson! <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's just canon now for the podcast. It's just yeah. Joel Larson is a part of this. Do you remember? Yep. But yeah, he fucking crushed it. He earned it. He, no, nothing really else to say about it. Congrats to him, because that's a hell of a sweet thing to win. Yeah, and just overall, I think what... I have to say about the world's the world championship is that it was far better run than I expected. It was a much better view experience than I expected. Uh, I would be happy with magic tournaments moving forward. Uh, ran like they were watching world. Like it was a blast watching. You know what I was thinking about? Um, the whole, um, computerized thing versus paper thing with computerized stuff. Uh, yeah, you can get fucky algorithms. Um, but there's not an actual way to gain edges or like any sketchy behaviors with it. Oh, you're going to have a lot less like angle shooting stuff with digital magic. You're 100% right. Yeah, you can't fuck around with it. No, you're way right. But there was also the thing. I don't know if you saw this or not, but fucking our fucking Lord and Savior, the fucking Italian stallion. He got a fucking game loss day one because he accidentally registered a wrong card. Yeah, I saw that. I wasn't sure exactly what happened. Yeah, he caught a game loss because his uh, draft deck had a wrong card registered. His draft deck? Yeah, because they had to register their draft decks themselves of what they had, and then they put them in. So when they checked it, he had a wrong card. Oh. Because they didn't record everybody's drafts, right? So, like, it was whatever they recorded on paper versus whatever they actually drafted in, in the actual physical cards. And that was just a game loss, not a match loss. But he did lose the first match I saw. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, he lost game one or whatever. So, like, we're not completely there yet. But, I mean, if we're traveling this trajectory where that's our future, I'm slowly getting more cool with this future of competitive magic. At that level, probably not a bad idea. If they do away with paper magic, though, I would probably be... Oh, I don't think we're going to see that with, like, GPs and stuff. But, like, for the world championship or that's even, like... That's what I said, like, that level 80s. of tournament... But, like, for even PTs, 
I'm cool with that being this for the entire PT now. Now I there's certain like this is one thing, but with like um, regular quote unquote regular tournament that aren't like millions of dollars of prizes, I think like actual paper is fine. Well, do you think you would change your tune with if this whole scenario was a little bit more uh, refined? No, I just like playing paper. Okay, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't hate that. And I actually agree. Like, I would rather pay paper. But as, yeah, 100%. as like, a viewer, I'm okay with it being digital ma- magic. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Well, Matt, speaking of physical magic cards, I know you like playing them, but how do you feel about tearing them up? Jesus fucking Christ. I saw <laughs> this, and it was, what, would, what did they say would happen? First of all, can we recognize how good of a transition that was? Shut up and tell me what was the actual uh, thing that the judge said that they would do. <laughs> okay. Uh, so on for everybody out there who's not familiar, on Twitter this past week, uh, during the the mythic or during the world championship, uh, there was a little bit of shenanigans that went on besides between the, some of the competitors, and uh, one of the players ripped up a dream trawler from the draft that just like just crushed ripped it up and was just like nope this card's trash and then that sparked a whole entire conversation of is it okay for people to rip up magic cards in any context and some judge some unnamed judge i'm sure if you really want to uh do some research and figure out who it was you could um but some judge on twitter said that if they saw an individual doing this in an actual tournament they would issue the player a warning for unsportsmanlike conduct. So it was just a warning. It wouldn't be a game loss. It wouldn't be a match loss. It would be a warning for unsportsmanlike conduct, but multiple instances of that warning could get you disqualified from it. Which is so fucked up. It's your card. Who the fuck cares what you... Fuck that person for doing that. That's just like a mini abuse of your shitty little power that you have. And I am... I am a person who likes to practice empathy with things like this, and this will go on with another conversation that we have a little bit later. Um, but I am a, I'm a pretty empathetic person with this stuff, and I like to see both sides of this. But this one, it's hard for me to see a world where if you own the, the, the Magic the Gathering card, that is considered your, your possession. You own that thing. And you doing anything to that thing isn't going to cause any physical harm to anybody else. So there's really no harm, no foul. That's what I mean. It's your fucking property. You can do whatever the fuck you yeah, want with it. That's that's kind of where I'm If going. you want to shred it, cool, shred it. If you want to catch it on fire, maybe not in the tournament hall, but if you're going to go home and take a piss on them, go for it. Well, I mean, if you're not doing anything that, that endangers the physical being of any other person... I'm cool with you doing that. Like you're, you're like, I'm not going to let you fucking like, like you said, like light something on fire because albeit slim. There's not a chance that you're going to like, there is a chance that you're going to light the entire fucking place on fire. That's not okay. That's a different like, you can't story. just yeah. light fires in a building. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like outside yeah. the torment hall, if you want to fucking throw it in a bonfire, go for it. Exactly. But if you want to go home and throw that shit on a fire in like a controlled environment, sure. Yeah. But if you're ripping up a card, like, okay, cool. Waste your fucking money, whatever. That's on you. I think it was so fucking dumb and people were idiots. I think that I don't think the judge was speaking from a place of like overstepping their boundaries. That is a thousand percent overstepping your boundaries. No, that that sentence itself was, but I don't think that was the intention of it. That's possible. I, think, I don't know its intentions. Yeah, you can't say anybody's intentions, but I don't feel like that was the intention of the post. 
I think the intention of the post was just to try to shy away from people ripping up magic cards, which one, I don't care. But as a judge, I think the primary goal besides like just being at the beck and call of anybody who raises their hand and yells judge, your primary goal as a representative of this game is to uphold the sanctity of the game. And it is just that it's a game. So it should be founded on the fact that everybody involved should be having at least some semblance of a good time. In the game's rules, does it say that you cannot rip up a card? The game rules, and I'm paraphrasing here, so uh, I apologize if I'm incorrect in any capacity, but uh, in the game's rules, it says that you cannot do anything to a piece of the game that negatively impacts your opponent. Please tell me, how the fuck does that negatively impact your opponent? And that is where, like, the, and like, like you're saying right now, that is kind of where the gray area slips in, and that is where I'm sure that the judge could legitimately give you a a, a unsportsmanlike conduct thing, and there's a chance that I could that could be upheld because of the gray area of just like you are at the mercy of whatever the head judge says. Now, and if you get a game warning for that, that's super fucked. Is that negatively impacting your opponent? I guess that's for your opponent to say, um, but like. There's been there's actually been times at FNMs where I've drafted a deck and went like O2 and then before the last round just like unsleeved my deck threw it in the garbage and just said hey I'm out and then just left or not threw it in the garbage but left it in the if if the shop has a uh, bulk pile like like a bulk yeah like like a bulk yeah. pile or like a loss and or like a free pick pile like I will leave my deck there and then just be like okay I'm out. Because essentially, in my mind, if there are cards that I don't want, if the shop does not have a place for me to put those cards, the trash can is the nearest thing that I'm going to put those cards. No, dude, you can't do that. That negatively affects your opponent. And that, like, and that's where the gray area exists, fucking, right? Oh, my God. That got me worked up because it's like, okay, cool. That's stupid. And anyone who's discussing that is actually ridiculous. Like, I can think of scenarios where, like, you're actually... If you rip pulling... it up and, like, throw it at them... Or, yeah. like, shredded over their shit. Yeah, that's one thing. He ripped it into four, took a picture of it, and that was the extent of it. Yeah, like, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, in a game context where, uh, like, you play that card, and it's, like, immediately removed, and your opponent is, like, locked for winning that match, and there's no way for you to recur it. So instead of putting it into the graveyard, you just tear it up and, like, throw it. I can see how that, like, would negatively affect that match. So, sure, that's pretty unsportsmanlike. But just in the general context of just, like, after a match, in between rounds, uh, you just, like, taking your deck and just, like, fucking, just incinerating it into a into confetti. Like, really? Is that really a bad thing? No, not at all. <laughs> like I said, if it's thrown at them or done over their shit, that's a different fucking story. But that's not where that was coming. No, and if people, I mean, and I, I, res I respect other people's opinions for stuff like this. And if somebody has like a, a compelling example or some kind of argument to where the, this would make sense, I'm willing to hear it. In no world does that make sense. But it's just Unless, like, it, like I like said, you they're said, being a dick about it. And like, yeah, it seems so far fetched that that exact action without any other context would be particularly harmful if you put it in a context where not just the action of ripping on the cards but the intention of it is harmful that's where it can be an issue what do you mean the intention of it like if you're doing it in a match where you're just like tossing it your fucking opponent 
and like oh yeah that's making them feel stupid like it's it's all about intention and not the actual action at that point sure like if you're intentional if you're intentionally being a cunt then you probably deserve some sort of repercussion from a judge from that whether it being like a warning for unsportsmanlike conduct or something. Cause I got a warning for unsportsmanlike conduct for accidentally knocking my deck over. And I'm like, not like up in arms for that. And that were... was an unsportsmanlike conduct. No, I didn't know were... that you actually got one for that. Yeah. You were there. I said, for are that. you fucking serious? And we talked about that before in the podcast. Um, for those of you who haven't heard, uh, when we were at Syracuse, I went to knock on the top of my deck, uh, just to be an asshole. Cause I was having a good back and forth with my opponent. And we were just like shooting the shit. Uh, knocked on the top of my deck and because there were new sleeves, I accidentally pushed my deck over onto my opponent's play mat. Um, we called a judge just to get things sorted out. And then a judge pulled me aside and said, hey, somebody who was watching this said that you were being a little bit animated about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm just a fucking animated person, bud. Like, that's just how I'm like, that's how I'm living. And there was like, OK, well, just make sure you don't do it again. Just like be more cautious of it. Um, and if it happens again, like we'll have to look into it. And I'm like, OK, yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, and I, t- I, I took that as like, that's a warning to just like be more cognizant. And that's usually how warnings are said. Like if you, if it happens again, we're going to have to fucking do- see, which that brings up another point. They shouldn't be asking fucking spectators because they're not in the game. They're watching the game. So mind your own fucking business. Yeah. I mean, they, but they did in all honesty, ask my opponent and me and they asked you and the other people watching my opponent, right? Uh, I didn't actually, I don't know if they asked me, I didn't say anything. Your opponent was like, no, it wasn't like that. Cause you were like, when I say you're being a dick, you weren't like being an asshole. You were joking around like Yu-Gi-Oh hard of the cards type shit. Yeah. I was being a fucker. Yeah. You weren't being a dick and your opponent was like, no, it wasn't an aggression at all. And that's where I'm saying like, where does the intent come? Cause like intent is pretty easy to if, figure out where it's coming from. If you are a witness of something in that moment. Like, you saw where my intent was coming from. My opponent saw where that my, my intent was coming from. I obviously, doing it, know where my intent was coming from. Yeah, but, but a bystander who then chirped in. Yeah, a bystander know, has so a hard time. I didn't know that. That person can fuck off. Yeah, uh, if yeah, you're listening uh, to this, fuck off. A bystander has a hard time determining intent. So without all of the, the collective knowledge of being in that moment, it's hard to define intent. And intent is crucial to any kind of judge ruling for something of that severity. Cause like, just imagine that scenario where I would have fucking drew a card and it would have been awful. And I would have just pushed my fucking deck onto my fucking opponent's play mat and been like, fucking, this is stupid. I would have been in the wrong there. And I should have been DQ'd for unsportsmanlike conduct. Right. Yeah. And that's clearly not what happened. And yeah. everyone actually there besides exactly. that fucking dumb, dumb, which mm-hmm. I don't know who that was. Yeah, but looking at the aftermath, like both of those things could be equally true just by looking at what you saw post event. But it's all the things leading up to that that dictate what's going on. Like if I had a shitty match with my opponent and my opponent was just like crushing me and I was like playing poorly and I was just being an asshole and I did that, like, yeah, I'm a fucking dick. But me and my opponent were playing both very tight, very good games. And we got to a game state where I needed like one of like seven cards in my deck to get me out of the spot that I was in. And I was just like, well, let's fucking do the knock and see what happens. And maybe I'll get it. Maybe I don't. And oopsies, I fucking was a dummy and knocked my fucking deck over. And like there, there, there is context. There is actual factual context and there's value from that. Context. And that's where it boils down. Yep. And that's the importance. And that's, that's where judges are crucial. Like their job is to have those real life conversations 
in those judge calls that aren't, oh, this ruling on this card. That's not what happened, though. That judge just instantly said, I would give a fucking whatever it was immediately. Didn't say, oh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and you're right. I don't, and I think that judge was in the wrong saying that on Twitter, like just throwing out idle threats about giving DQs to people. Like that's an abuse of power. Could not agree more. But good judges will do the investigation on the context of whatever happened and then make a ruling based on that context, which is what happened in our judge ruling or in my judge ruling in the situation where I knocked my deck up. Yeah, you're super aggressive toward your opponent, obviously. Yeah, fuck you, dude. I'm going to throw my shit at you. <laughs> like, that's really what that person thought, apparently. Yeah, they're just like, you know, it just takes a little bit of common sense. Like, interact with humans, and you'll understand how humans work. People don't have common sense. Sorry, bud. You're, you're not wrong. And also, people don't have common sense about uh, financing, apparently. <sighs> you fucking <laughs> trying to make my goddamn boy, aren't you? <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing until probably about maybe three o'clock, I think. Yeah, so approximately five or yeah, six hours ago. So the whole thing, card card market or made card mage? Mage market. Fuck? Mage market. Yes. Came out with a service where you can pretty much rent to, and you pay a fee for basically getting an entire deck up front and then you pay monthly or however the fuck. It's rent a center but for magic card. And people are like, this is predatory. And those people are fucking dumb. Here's the thing. It's a goddamn card game. If you want to be able to play the card game and you don't have the money to do it, then don't fucking play. <laughs> or play a different, find a different way to play. There is definitely, there are people who will lend you decks. That is awesome. Not everyone has that. Not everyone can go drop a couple hundred dollars on decks. And if you legitimately want to play a child's card game, then you're going to have to pay. And this is a service that has not really been there before, and people are getting pissy. And it's, from what I've seen, I could be wrong, everything is upfront. It's not like hidden fees. They're going to say, okay, you can go up to this amount. This is what the interest will be per month or whatever the fuck, or APR. And then uh, I think they charge, like, a fee to do it or whatever. Sure. Yes. And, and it's like a one-time fee. It's not like, oh, hey, you're going to get charged $60 a month to rent these goddamn cards. Yeah, so <laughs> what what word you're referring to is <laughs> that, that Matt just, like, fucking blew a gasket on <laughs> was uh, Mage Market um, introduced today, actually, the day that we're recording, um, a financing pro- just deal. Have you ever heard of a goddamn credit card? It's, it's essentially a magic thing. credit card, but just built through Mage Market. It's PayPal right? credit. It's yeah. a credit card. So it's instead any of any form of credit that someone gives, you get a product or service, and then you pay a slightly higher nominal yes. for getting it without being able to just drop X amount of dollars. Off. Exactly. So yeah. So instead of paying for the, your next modern deck at six six hundred dollars uh, up front, you get to pay sixty dollars over the past over the next 10 months and you're gonna you're gonna get your modern deck now and pay for it over the next year and guess what i bought my lotus like that because i couldn't afford fifty six hundred dollars or whatever i paid for it up front and i can't i before i bought it guess what i used common motherfucking sense and i said okay is this a feasible option without me getting in so far in debt if you get so far in debt from a fucking card game Go fuck yourself. You really think that's what pushed you over? No, that's not what pushed you over the edge. 
it's your shitty impulse decision making that pushed you over the edge. Yeah. Sorry, but I feel very strongly about that. No, because and... I bought it, and guess what? It's paid off because I had a plan going into it. It's not, oh hey, here's six grand worth of one piece of fucking cardboard. I'm going to pay it off for the next thirty. Yeah, well, it's it's informed decision making. It's point. hey, did, does everyone buy a house up front with fucking cash? No. no. It's the same thing as a 15-year fucking fixed or 30-year mortgage. No, it's... You're like paying said, additional. The house might be $200,000. You're not just going to pay $200,000. The bank is giving you money, and you're going to pay a percentage of that to the bank or whoever your lender is in addition to the cost of the house. Yes. That's... It's fucking life. And it's just... I actually think this is a pretty cool thing for situations like that. Because well, not everyone can just up and afford, okay, um, a new person wants to buy into modern. They can't drop to, okay, but maybe they can make $200 payments or X amount of payments to do so. Okay, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, my thing is too, I am, I'm not crazy about this idea. And that is not because I don't believe in people being able to make the uh, the informed decisions about whether I should buy this X thing or not. Because like you said, credit cards have existed for a very long time. And anybody who is buying that amount of magic cards for that amount of money sh probably should have a credit card and probably should know how to balance some amount of finance. Like whether they're playing like a car payment or rent or something like that, or just had a credit card at some point in time that they need to pay on they should have the ability to do that, at least the mental capacity to do that. And magic, at the end of the day, is a luxury good, and it is a commodity. Like, you don't need magic cards like you need food and water. Food, water, shelter, things that will actually let you survive. Yeah, you don't, you don't need magic cards for, for the, to sustain life. So having a source like this where you can put something on a payment plan and like you said, get my my modern deck that I would like to play right now and pay for it over the course of a year. Sure, that'd be great. Like, and there's plenty of people who would love to do that. Um, but I don't think that that's necessary for Magic: The Gathering, just for the sole purpose that it is such a wide game that there are just so many million ways to play it. If people want that thing, I'm not mad that there's something like that exists. I am not going to participate in it. I'm sure there are some people that would like to, and there is that scenario, like you said, that somebody who's just getting into modern who would like to have that playable deck to do that. I'm happy that something exists for people like that. And there are already things that exist in this capacity for a million other fucking hobbies. Like, I'm a, I'm a guitar player, and I've been playing guitar for years and years and years. I recently, like a couple months ago, bought a guitar that I would not be able to purchase with actual physical cash, but it was such a fucking absurd deal that I'm like, I need to purchase this guitar. I will never see this deal again in my entire life. I bought that guitar on a credit card and then have been paying it off. Oh, so you're not in a ditch with shit and leaves in your hair? No. Oh, you did the responsible thing and made sure you could actually afford something. Yeah, like, like oh, I, fucking, I would not be able weird. to... Yeah, I would not be able to put up the like thousand dollars right up front to buy this brand new guitar or this, not this, this guitar. It was a used guitar, but it was like a $2,000 guitar that somebody was selling for like 900 bucks. I did not have 900 bucks at the time, but I will never be able to find this guitar 
for $900 ever again. So I calculated the amount of money that I have to spend in order to pay this guitar off. And then after that two hours of being able to calculate it and like critically thinking about the situation that I was in and what would I would have to do in order to, to purchase this thing, I purchased it on credit and paid it off. And then I got the guitar like a week later in the mail and have been playing the guitar for months and months and months at this point and have fallen in love with the fucking thing and have been enjoying it for that amount of month. And I paid it off like a month and a half ago. Like I paid it off like in January. Yeah, this is not going to ruin anyone's life. And if it does, if this didn't ruin their life financially, sure. There's a lot of other things else was going to. Yes. So I don't fault Mage Market for moving into this thing. And it's not like Mage Market is profiting 100% off this. Because no, they're making they're, money off of it. How dare they? Working, but they're also a third-party thing. You know the game we play is run by a business that needs to make money. But my thing is, like, Mage Market is a third-party company. Like, it's it's like TCG Player. It's like Star City Games. It's like Channel Fireball. Mage Market is a third-party buyer of Magic Cards. They buy them, then they sell them to you. However, their business plan tries to deviate, whether it's saying, like, Oh, well, you're selling the magic cards, whichever way they want to try to put the fucking political spin on it. It really just boils down to they are there. They're they are a third party between people selling and people buying. They're making some kind of margin off of that. And they are doing it now in a way that no one has done yet. Yeah. And if you can do that with some kind of payment plan. okay, sure. I don't I don't see the hate on it. I don't like the the, the thing. I don't like I don't like it either. I just think that people are bitching about something that is already around just in different forms. And to call it predatory is fucking bananas. If you think it's predatory, don't fucking use it. Well, I can I can get where they're calling it predatory just because it's it, there's a chance that that monopolizes the market and that they can manipulate the costs through that. You can do that through eBay. But you can yeah, like but you can do that through other means. Like you, you can, can manipulate do- or at least the cost of interest. That's the thing that they're there. People are worried about. And like capitalism. Sure. Capitalism sucks. But like we we live in the society that capitalism runs the world. I'm not even touching. But so like you have to regardless of how, how you feel about it, you have to interact like you can't just like living off the unless you're living off the grid, which if you're living off the grid, you're selling your magic cards and you're fucking living in a, a wood cabin somewhere. I and just think it, it's bananas how people are fucking reacting to this. Um, I th- I think it was a bit of an overreaction. Do yes. I think that sure as fuck not predatory? Do I think the all. overreaction to it is is too much? Yes. People are reacting to it. I think in a way that makes sense. Like I don't think it's a necessarily positive thing for Magic. Giving people access to shit they didn't have access to before, and you just have to balance that with want versus need versus feasibility. But like like we said before, there's already ways that people can do that. Yeah, you can fucking go get a credit card. It's literally so, no different, and the APRs are probably way fucking higher on credit cards. The interest rates are higher than whatever theirs are. Oh, I would assume not. I think the major market. I don't know what theirs like, are, so I could not. But I, I want to say it's like 19. It's like insane. Is there a limit to how much you can actually spend? Well, I can presume. I didn't go through the process because I'm assuming there's a vetting process, but you have to be approved in order to be able to do the thing, like to use the major market finance program because i know most credit cards start off at i think 2500 but most of them if you have a beating pulse and a job they give you up to like 5000 yeah but you also have to be approved for that right yeah the mage market thing you also have to be approved for i presuming I and assume i'm assuming so. that criteria is probably pretty high 
I also don't know if you could just say, hey, I want $500,000 worth of shit, or is it like $300? Well, it's it, I don't, It's not like $5,000. That's definitely not the case. Or $50,000, it's not the case. And it's on like a structured payment plan. It's not like, oh, I'm going to do this, and then like maybe I'll pay it off in 50 years. It like It's set in months. So it's like six months, or three months, six months, 12 months, something like that. And if you yeah. like default on any of that, you get charged unless you like return the product. At least that's how it works with every single other thing. Of I don't think it's renting. Thing. I think it's buying. I don't think it's a renting service. I think no, it's like not you... renting. No, but it's you're purchasing this thing, and then if you default, you have to give the thing back. Yeah, which is going to be hard it's for like them to house. do. So they're just going to charge the shit out of you, which yeah, they should. If you, you miss payments it. on stuff, just like anything else, it's going to get repoed, or you're going to get fucking billed out the ass. Yeah, exactly. But and that's just that's how everything has worked forever that's how it should work if you are trying to um if you're trying to get a good or service and people don't pay you that's not right whether or not you think that they're good or bad people no yeah, and yeah i agree it's just like d does magic need this probably not no but it's a service that i think has been long overdue yeah and if they do do it in a way that only makes people who are deemed i guess responsible enough to do this allowed to do it so it's not like they are looking out for the consumer in that respect where it's just like oh if it doesn't seem like you're able to complete these payments we're not going to make you or we're not going to let you do this then yeah but that's the same thing credit cards do like yeah if, if you're not deemed to be able to pay whatever credit card limit that they're going to allow you then they're just not going to issue that credit card it's the exact same concept yeah it's just something they got fucking blown out for yeah, sure and, and like i said i don't i don't necessarily could be good agree with could it. be bad yeah i don't care honestly i could give a shit they're yeah, offering a service that really hasn't been offered yet and people are up in arms about it. there's yeah, gonna be there are gonna be people who love this and people who hate it sure the people who love it are gonna be the people who are responsible about it well there are also people who love the renting services for moto and there are people who don't yeah and there are also people who love like the secret layers that are coming out with magic and there are people who don't like we just had that secret layer released, which we didn't even talk about. I guess we can mention now. Um, there was a secret layer that was released this weekend at the world championship. Um, and they're going to continue to release these secret layers and things until people stop paying for it. Like you can vote with your wallet. That's the, that's the big thing. If you don't like something, don't purchase it and they will stop doing it. If you do like something, buy it and they'll keep doing it. That's why we continue to have these secret layers is because people are keep fucking funneling money into this shit. They're never going to stop until you stop giving it money. Like, why do you think box stores like Walmart and Target have magic cards? Because those magic cards in those stores sell. So Wizards is going to keep giving them magic cards for them to buy. If you stopped buying magic cards from Walmart and Target, Walmart and Target wouldn't have magic cards anymore. If yeah. you want your LGS to continue to have fucking cards, like sealed product, and you want your LGS to continue to have its doors open, buy magic cards from your fucking local game store. Like yeah, your wallet like I said, speaks there are, so much louder than your Like I saw uh, Jeremy from Missouri MTG was yeah. talking about this. Um, there are many people who will lend you decks to play. I understand that. Not everyone has that or has that group of friends that has that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, nobody has, not everybody has that support network of people who have like multiple duels or multiple decks even. Yeah, that's what I mean. So when it's possible, great. It's not always possible. And I think this gives, it's very niche, but it 
will help people. Yeah. Yeah. My thing is just like, if it doesn't, if you're not into it, don't buy into it. If you're into it, buy into it. If there's yeah. enough people that are into it to support it, it will continue to exist. If there's not enough people to support it, it will cease to exist. Yeah. No, I agree with you. That's the way of the fucking world. Yep. Like, the, I'm sure so. the typewriter fucking business out there isn't necessarily booming, booming because Microsoft fucking wording. And until something comes out that's better than Microsoft Word, Microsoft Word's going to keep existing. And until there's something that comes out that makes typewriters better than Microsoft Word, typewriters are still going to fucking not matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. I think I vented enough about this because I can just fucking keep bitching, but. No, we could. It, it, people love bitching. Dude, Turns out. Fuck, you beat me to it. God gotcha! damn it. Gotcha! Fucking gotcha! Yeah, so moral of the story, uh, if you love something, uh, continue to do it. If you don't love something, uh, just don't do it. Yeah, weird. Yes. Matt, do you know what I love doing? Watching me win? Right there, you need to insert all I do is thanks. <laughs> all I do is win, 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 no matter what. Um, Please and thank you. Got magic on my mind. I can okay, no, we're done here. Uh, no, I love playing accumulated knowledge. Man. That is our game. Did that you know that? Game. I did, surprisingly. Oh my god, I'm so proud of you for knowing. Yeah, I fucking love playing our game. And this week, it's you. It is me this time. We remembered. Are you ready, bud? I believe that I am. We're going to well, find out, aren't we? We're going to find out right after I fucking explain it. So for those of you out there... Cheeky, cheeky bugger don't you. Know, I know, I'm slick, bud. For those of you out there who don't know, every week, we end the episode with a game we like to call Accumulated Knowledge. So in this game, we go to the Scryfall website, we click the random card button, and one of us asks the other the name of a Magic the Gathering card. The other person has to give the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if they don't, uh, then they have to uh, spend their entire next paycheck on the mage market uh, <laughs> game plan. <laughs> well, Matt, are you ready to spend your next paycheck on the mage market payment? I suppose so. <laughs> well, uh, your first one's not looking like it's going towards that. Uh, it is Prowling Caracal. I think this is one in a green. It's a one three. Is that your final answer? Yes. Matt, it is one it's in a green. It's not right. Fuck. What's the one in the green? It's a one three. Oh, is it not Regal Caracal? I don't know it's what a, it is. It's a cat. It is. This one's a cat. It's one in a white, and it's a cat, and it's a three one. The one I'm thinking of is one in a green, one three. When it dies, you draw a card. That's Oh, brutal. no. You're thinking of the one from Ravnica. Uh, it's when it enters the battlefield and gains a card. Or oh. you draw. Oh, Matt. Oh, you silly bitch. That sucks. I love that. <laughs> That's a great start. I came in with hardcore confidence. I know you did. You just, just like, whiffed. it's one in the green. Give it to me, bitch. And I'm like, oh, okay, here you go, dickwad. <laughs> well, are you ready for your next one that you're going to mistake for another card? Hopefully. <laughs> your next one is Woodborne. Be Woodborne. Woodborne Behemoth. Do I need to use a fucking hint on this? Oh, wow. You are not doing good right now, bud. And just as a reminder, you need four out of five. I'm well aware. With two hints. I think I have to use... What would you like? Uh, the converted man. Thank you. The CMC of the card. The CMC is five. Five. That is correct. Five. Five total mana for this lovely, lovely woodborne behemoth. So this thing's green, I'm assuming. I'll give you a hint. It's a creature. Weird. It's either going to be four in a green or three green green. Matt. I'm going to go three green green. It because... carries... 
the hopes of Zendikar's embattled wilds on its mighty bows. Did that change? I'm, I'm locking it in. Three green green. Three green green, you say? Give you it would to me, be baby. correct. I don't know what it does, though. That's the only... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good guess, though. Uh, Woodborne Behemoth is, like you said, three green green. It is an elemental creature, and it says as long as you control eight or more lands, Woodborne Behemoth gets a plus four, plus four, and trample. And it is a four, four. Would never have gotten that. Give me that, I don't think. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a real fucking tough one. Well, not going to give you Drown Catacombs. Not going to give you Mountain. I will give you, though, your next card. It is Font of Mythos. Ooh, I actually know this one. This is um, four colorless. It's the souped up Howling Mine. Four colorless, locking her down. You are 1,000% correct. I play this card in my commander deck. I used to have this deck in a casual, that blue-white lock you the fuck out. Yes, sir. Yes, so Font of Mythos is four colorless for an artifact. At the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws two additional cards. Those who drink from Malforge's cup are tainted with hunger, stained with... That's pretty good flavor text. That is pretty good flavor text. Oh, Jesus, fuck. Well... You got yourself that a card. Waffle, bud. Your next card is Avatar of Woe. Ooh, this one's weird. I know it's the black one. Oh, see, I would have been able to snap this one off. I don't think this cycle is all the same. It is not. Not all the, the same, same mana CMC. costs. Not all the same CMC. From the- what number is this? This is number... Is this four? This is number four. This is so, number four, yes. Do I take a hint? Ooh, you have two more cards to go. No, it's the black one. God damn it. Avatar of Woe. I'm pretty sure... Most of them are six color color. Well, the artist is RK Post. Doesn't help me. I'm going to go six black black. Six black black. Is that your final answer? I think so. Yes. You think so? Or are you sure? I'm sure. Matt, you are correct. Whew. Hey. Are they all, they're all the same CMC or they're not. I didn't think they were. Neither did I. I think the green I thought the one red one more. was cheaper. I thought the green one costed. That could be it. I don't know. Uh, people in the magic community, uh, or the Fetch and Shock Army. Uh, you can correct us on that. Uh, yeah, but Avatar Woe is six black black uh, for a creature avatar. It's a six five, and it costs six colorless mana less. If there are ten or more creature cards in all graveyards, it has fear and it has tap target creature. It cannot be regenerated. Matt. Fifth and final, baby. Hit me. Are you ready for it? I suppose so. It is Entropic Specter. What the fuck is that? Entropic Spectre is a card from Magic the Gathering. This is a good one. This is a very good A good card or a hard one? A hard one. Art by Ron Spencer, if that helps. Oh, it's obviously three green seven. Fuck off. That doesn't help <laughs> at all. Three green seven. <laughs> oh, what do I want for this one? Do you have your, your final hand? It's a Spectre, and all the Spectres deal with discarding cards. Ooh. Shout out to the OG hippie. Hypnotic Spectre, you're saying? It's not three, I'm guessing, because they're just not going to print something that's Hypnotic Spectre. You know what? I did pretty well with the mana cost. Give me the, the CMC. The converted mana cost of this card is five. I don't think they're going to put that on a four and a black. I don't think they're going to put it on a one or two black, black, black. I'm going to go three black, black. <laughs> Matt, three black, black. Is that your final answer? Sure. The boy has done it. Ooh, that one was a rough one. You cheeky is it something, bitch. Is it something Hypnotic Spectre related? Um, pseudo-Hypnotic Spectre, yeah. So, Entropic Spectre is three black black 
It is a specter spirit creature. Um, it has flying, and when it enters the battlefield, you choose an opponent. And Tropic Specter's power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in chosen player's hand. And then whenever it enters the battle, or whenever it deals damage to a player, that player discards a card. So pretty much, yeah. Um, the the math gets a little weird when it comes to uh, like commander games, but yeah, it's got a little bit of hippie action in it. Yeah, what set is this from? This card is from Exodus. Would have never got that hint. Yeah, that's a weird one, isn't it? I was gonna go the set because that might have narrowed it down on like the CMC. Oh no! See, it just solely from Exodus. I'm gonna I don't make think an there's addition a here. I don't think chance. we should be allowed to ask for the CMC. Okay. Well, because that narrows it down a lot. This one, I'll take an asterisk. Oh, Matt, you have you have received a half a win. Does that mean you get half a shout out or what? You know what, Tyler? Do something very uncharacteristic of myself. I'm going to let you have the shout oh, out that, that you generally do everything for the podcast and I show up. <laughs> Matt, that is super kind of you. Yeah, don't get used to it. Oh, I'm so proud. You're growing up, my little boy. <laughs> so uh the shout out for this week is actually something that has nothing to do with this past episode i was considering making it pv but he's already too famous too much he got too much already yeah so our my, our shout out this week is actually going to be someone from the magic community of the more casual side of things it is actually shivam on Twitter, it's Shivam Sons Casual is his current name, but it's changed a couple couple of times. Um, and he is actually a big, big player in the Commander world. Um, he used to be on the Commander and podcast, um, and he's actually the host now of the Casual Magic podcast. And he is actually Man, on the, he's on the Commander Advisories board, like the people who dictate what is banned and what is not banned in Commander. That's impressive. So, yeah, and his tweets are cool. Um, all of his content's like just awesome, and he knows a whole hell of a lot more about Commander than I think anybody else on the Twitter. And he's a very, very good. What's his uh, Twitter handle? So Shivam's Twitter handle is Gearper Gear. Jesus and Christ! I will spell that out for you. It is G H I R A P U R I G E A R S. Follow. Yeah. The homie. Shiver Shivam. Just got an additional follower. Hell yeah. Yeah, Shivam's the man. And like all of his tweets are real good. Um and he like he genuinely gives a shit about Magic the Gathering. Specifically Commander, but also just like Magic the Gathering in general. He's a fucking dude. Big fan. So so shout out to Shivam and also shout out to us. Cause we did it. Another perfect podcast. Aren't they all? Except the first one. Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean that we do have a couple episodes with Corey. So not all of them are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it took a minute to let that one sink in. Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding, Corey. We love you. Sometimes. Yeah, when he's on. When he's not cheating on us. Well, dude, there's only a couple more things to say. Bye. Is that what you're uh, going to do? <laughs> that's almost exactly it. <laughs> a big hype and then nothing. No, nope, nothing. Nope. We're just, nope. No shout outs to us. Uh, no Twitter plugs like, uh, like Fetch and Shock at Fetch underscore Shock. No plugs like uh, me, Tyler at Basic Land Bin. No plugs like uh, it's like Matt at It's Bop. Nothing like that. Nothing, nothing crazy. Just, the, just the casual, just uh, 
See you later, nerds! <laughs>